When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is ESPN Radio. A little Freddie and Harry in the morning. Got me Freddie Coleman, Harry Douglas. Thanks for joining us. Presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. That's the ESPN app, SiriusXM Channel 80, ESPN2, and ESPNU. Don't forget the phone number as well. And like we said, bring that truth or else at 888-729-3776. That is 888-SAY-ESPN. I just want to make sure, Harry, you're okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just want to make sure that I mean, yeah, Jay Colum- good, not that Jay and Columbus got on you a little bit, but, you know, he brought it. You brought it back. Just want to make sure that because you yeah. have yeah, poor Alan Yates looking at every Bob Marley Snoop Dogg song in the catalog <laughs> to try to calm you down. Poor Pat I Costello. To do. Yeah, Pat Costello took us back to Woodstock 1969. Peace, baby. Where are the beads, baby? Everything is cool, baby. We're just worried about your mental health. Oh, no, yeah, you sure. know, I'm good. <laughs> Fred, the only, only thing, and uh, everybody in my family, they knows this, uh, a pet peeve of mine if, is, is when someone tries to tell me uh, that I said something that I know I didn't say or, uh-huh. you know, I didn't do when I know I did do. You know what I mean? That's, that's yeah. just a pet peeve of mine. Yeah. So, you know, hit a little nerve, but we all, we, go, we, we, we back to square one, yeah. baby. Harry, We're welcome good. to my world of 19 years of ESPN Radio. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to my planet, Freddie. When it Harry comes to 19 years. Harry, just say the word. Hey, exactly. y'all forgot I got Nuno <laughs> in the right. cut. Uh-huh. Nuno in the cut, uh-huh. waiting now. Exactly. He, he may be hiding in the shadows, but if he becomes in the light, Mm-mm-mm. Oh it's, Lord! Everybody's just gonna have to deal <laughs> with that when it comes to Nuno, the enforcer, the leader of the Pretty Love Hate Machine behind the <laughs> scenes here. Keep weighing under the X at H Douglas eighty three. That's Harry's handle. My handle, Coleman ESPN. Like we mentioned, don't forget the phone number as well eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Let's bring back in Nuno. We're gonna have a little football music underneath us. He's gonna throw quarterbacks at us, and he's gonna find the answer to. What's at stake for these quarterbacks this season? So if we're going to have somebody enforcing this, we need the enforcer of the Pretty Love Hate Machine that is Nuno. So he'll throw the quarterbacks at us. We'll have a little flow underneath it, and we'll let you know exactly how we feel about who's at stake, what's at stake for these quarterbacks, especially in the NFL, more likely in the AFC. All right, Harry, we'll start with Aaron Rodgers. What's at stake for him this season? I'll say um – the fact that he will be treated like a god if he's able to bring a Super Bowl to New York City, to that Jets organization. You talk about a team that hasn't been to the playoffs since 2010, hasn't won a Super Bowl since the 68-69 season with Joe Namath. He's trying to do something that you know Brett Favre wasn't able to do when he went to the Jets, but also adding to his legacy. Right. Being in a different conversation, because when you look at Aaron Rodgers right now, he only has one Super Bowl. But you look at guys like Mahomes, John Elway, Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, Big Ben. Now you're in a different, I I think, a different light as a quarterback with two Super Bowls under your belt versus just one. What he said. Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) All right, since since you're a man of a few words this morning, Freddie, uh, as a Cowboy fan, Uh what's at stake for Dak this season? What's at stake is reputation, to be completely honest with you, because there's no doubt that Dak can play. It wasn't that long ago that he had 37 touchdowns and 10 interceptions, where he was not as loose with the football. I thought last year, Harry, 
he put too much pressure on himself, wherever that came from. It could have been self-inflicted. It could have been outside, whatever that was. That's why we saw this guy throw 15 interceptions at 23 touchdowns. That's not the accurate Dak Prescott that I'm used to seeing. I believe he'll get back to that because it's not so much about the money. It's about his reputation being on the line because you know he said all that in the offseason. They're never going to win a championship with that guy as their quarterback. Yeah, he'll put up terrific numbers. You can put guys around him. But when it gets real, that's when he's not going to be really good or he's not going to be really effective. I think his reputation when it comes to Dak Prescott of the Cowboys is at stake in 2023. And I'm going to take it to another level because I love that you said reputation. What's at stake? Respect. The word respect from the organization, from a lot of people outside the organization, from fans, from everyone through and through. Because when you see a guy like Dak Prescott, he is a guy that has been consistent, right? You look at the interceptions and you talk about the pressure last year, and I'm pretty sure he felt it. You had a guy in Cooper Rush came in and a lot of people saying, you know, this team is different, but Cooper Rush, you know, the play calling is different. They're they're protecting him. The defense is playing even that much more better. So, yeah, he had some pressure on him. I just think for Dak now, in the biggest moments, Freddie, that's what's the most important. We know Dak is going to be good throughout the regular season, right? He's been good his, his entire career. Mm-hmm. I think last year, and Book put this, uh, I think, perfectly on Get Up yesterday. Last year was an anomaly. Yes. It's not the norm for Dak Prescott. So I think now it's about the biggest moments. In those moments, can he be that dude, that guy, that everybody knows when he has the ball, oh, we good, because he's going to take us to the promised land. Mr. Enforcer, what else you got now? <laughs> All right. We're going to Florida and Miami specifically. What's at stake for Tua, Freddie? Oh, good question. By the way, Nuno, our producer, you got Harry Douglas, Freddie, coming together on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Six X and Channel 80, ESPN2, and ESPNU discussing quarterbacks and what's at stake for them this season. For me, for Tua, I'm going to say not a lot is at stake, mainly because a lot of people still wonder if he's going to be able to stay healthy. If Tua plays anywhere from 15 to 16 games, this Miami Dolphins team is going to make the playoffs. They got a 4 by 100 Olympic relay team out there that he can throw the ball to. All he has to do is rely on that and that running game. So for my money, Harry, I'm not going to say a lot is at stake for Tua Tungvaluwa, mainly because a lot of people still wonder if he can stay healthy and they don't believe he's going to be able to do that. I'm going to tell you right now, He's going to stay healthy. He's going to be effective. They're going to be the second-best team in the AFC East behind the Buffalo Bills, just a little ahead of the Jets, because that defense is going to play well. That running game is going to be there. Mike McDowell is going to be goofy as a head coach. No. But Tua Tagovailoa, he's going to be just fine with the Miami Dolphins when, not no. if, he stays healthy. So I'm going to say this. I'm going to say his career, and it's not because Tua Tagovailoa can't play at a high level. We seen that last year. We see him, we seen the precision in the pass game. We see him throw with anticipation. We see him put the Dolphins in the light in which we haven't seen them in some time, right? It's about being healthy, though, because if Tua can't stay healthy and he garners another concussion, his career could potentially be over. So I think that's at stake uh, more so. And it's also a, a somewhat out of his control, too. Right. Because you can't control how you get hit, how you fall down on the ground. I know he's been working this <laughs> offseason, but sometimes, man, you can't help how you get thrown down to the ground and how you fall and how you get hit. So I'm going to go with his career, but not because he can't play at a high level. It's the simple fact that if he gets another concussion, that could, could potentially end his career. All right, Freddie. Next QB, and we talked about him earlier in the mm-hmm. 6 o'clock hour. Mm-hmm. Download the podcast so you can yeah. listen to that. Hey, Josh bro. Allen, what's at stake for him this season? Man, where do I begin with Josh Allen? I, I, I mean, seriously, and it's nothing. Right, it's nothing negative. 
because I love the way Josh Allen plays. I love the fact that many people did not think he was going to be this when they drafted him out of Wyoming. And people said, oh, he only completed less than 60% of his passes. They didn't look at the fact that three of his top four receivers are graduated. And he's playing with a bunch of junior college transfers and freshmen who still were not on the same page as him. What's at stake for Josh Allen is finding a way to be the best player in the field. Not the best quarterback, but the best player. And that goes through so many different intangibles. It's not just about throwing the football, not just about running the football, not just about leadership. It's all those things. And I believe how he has all those things in his toolbox. Whatever has happened the last couple of years, the overtime game where he almost won that against Kansas City, and last year everything unraveled, they did not handle being the hunted well as opposed to being the hunter. But I think what's at stake for Josh Allen is putting that all together and making sure you can be the quarterback that we've seen, that everybody will rally around in Buffalo if you're able to put all those things together consistently and do that in 2023. I would say for Josh Allen, being a guy that, you know, that's not sporadic, you know, you have a ton of good, but then next thing you know, you have these crazy turnovers. Also, the narrative that he can't beat the top two quarterbacks in a playoff setting. The last three years, he's lost to Patrick Mahomes twice. He's lost to Joe Burrow once. Now, one of those times against Patrick Mahomes was not his fault because he played phenomenal. Right. But it is a team game. Uh, I look at last year versus the Cincinnati Bengals in which Joe Burrow and company came into, you know, came into Buffalo in the cold. And Joe Burrow was the best quarterback that day. Joe Burrow was the best player. And I looked, was three years ago when they was in the AFC Championship game, Josh Allen wasn't the best quarterback. That was Patrick Mahomes. So can he get that dark cloud um, from over his head when it comes to the playoffs? And so far it's been Patrick Mahomes and it's been Joe Burrow that has not allowed him to get to a, a Super Bowl. All right, I'm going to throw in a uh, QB we actually didn't talk about pre-show. Okay. Freddie, what's at stake for Justin Fields this year? Progress. That's at stake because I keep hearing that smoke, Harry and Nuno, about, well, Ryan Poles didn't draft him and Matt Eberflus may not be in line with Justin Fields. And it drives me insane because I guarantee you, you put weapons around this guy he's going to look like the quarterback that you believe he can. Or maybe you believe he can't be that guy in Chicago. But I'm a big believer in Justin Fields. If Justin Fields was drafted by the New York Jets, we're not having Aaron Rodgers going to the New York Jets. He's still with the Green Bay Packers. And the Jets would be a lot further along in not having Zach Wilson at quarterback. That's how much faith that I have Harry and Justin Fields, that he's playing for his job, unfortunately, in Chicago, and he should not have to worry about that as part of his DNA, his football DNA in 2023. Yeah, I'm just going to go with reassuring Ryan Poles that he's the guy, right? Not giving the front office, the owner, the GM, um, anybody else in that organization any thoughts about, well, what if we potentially could do this at the quarterback position? And I think he's going to be better. When you have a number one wide receiver in DJ Moore, a better offensive line, uh, year two in Luke Getze's system, I think he's going to be better. You have that security blanket when all things go to, you know, poops. I almost said another word. And, and you just throw it to your guy and he's going to come down with it no matter what, DJ Moore. So, I mean, there's something to be said about that, right? We look yeah. at all these young quarterbacks and how they've been able to be phenomenal. Well, they've had that number one guy. He's the next one in line now. Now it's all about going out and showcasing that. But he poses uh, hail to defensive coordinators, though, because what he can do with his legs, now I want to see, you know, that progression in the pass game, and he has that number one to do it. 
Way to beat that one-on-one coverage there to keep yourself in line. Freddie and Harry <laughs> together this morning on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Series X of Channel 80, ESPN2 and ESPNU presented by Geico. Switch to Geico today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote and get started seeing how much you could save. We are six days away from the NFL season getting started. It's Kansas City and Detroit Lions will kick off the NFL season. We're going to go through each division in the NFC, and we're going to tell you who's going to win each division in the NFC. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This is ESPN Radio. We're going to get in touch with our inner Michael Singletary because you want winners. And we're going to give you those winners for each and every division in the NFC. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman, a little Freddie and Harry for you this morning on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80. Don't forget about us on ESPNU and ESPN2. By the way, the Freddie and Harry Show starting on September 5th, each and every afternoon on ESPN Radio from 3 to 7 o'clock Eastern time. So NFL season less than a week away, six days to be exact. We got Kansas City versus the Detroit Lions. That kicks off the season. So, Harry, we go through each and every division in the NFC. Yeah, we'll have some flow underneath us. We're going to have some musical soundtrack styles because everything needs a good flow. That's what we do. I'm going to start with the NFC. Maybe I said Pat Costello do this. Maybe we do like the whole thing. I was like, Pat, what's the first division we're going to do for the division winner? The NFC East. Attaboy. Harry Douglas, we got <laughs> Philadelphia, we got Dallas, we got the Giants, and we got Washington. All four teams are going to play really good defense in that division. Who do you got winning it and why? I'm going to go with the best quarterback in the division. That's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts. Um, I think him as a leader and now him being paid and compensated and rightfully so. The next thing I have for Jalen Hurts, uh, some of the things that I see from a Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow, when things go wrong, so what? You make it right, right? That, that's, that's the next step, I think, for Jalen Hurts. But I love his maturity, his growth at the quarterback position. He's someone I can consistently say I believe in 1,000% right. that he's going to be able to get things done. A lot of people, you know, have the questions about the defensive side of the ball. And for me, it's the Georgia Bulldogs that's on this roster. Can they fill in and not live up to a guy like Javon Hargrave, but can you still make your plays and be dominant? Like somewhat, because they still have a lot of pass rushers on this team. But also, can the Kobe Dean, TJ Edwards, Kaiser White, those two guys at the linebacker position are no longer there, can the Kobe Dean be that dog? And I think he's capable of doing it. But also those safety. You got two new safeties. Are they Mm going to be able to hold a fourth down? I believe they're going to be okay. So that's why I'm choosing the Philadelphia Eagles, because through and through, 
they still have a hell of a roster in the National Football League. There has not been a repeat division winner in the NFC East and the Eagles did in 2003 and 2004. That is 19 years. That streak is going to be broken this year. I'm with you. I think the Eagles win it. Now, remember, last year they were 14-3. and The Cowboys went far behind at 12-5, and and both of those teams beat each other's backup quarterbacks. Eagles yep. beat Cooper Rush early. Cowboys beat Gardner Minshew late. I just, to your point, you look at their depth. And the fact you got Jalen Hurts, who I believe is going to be even more accurate and throw for more touchdowns, not run for as many touchdowns. A.J. Brown's going to be terrific. Devontae Smith's going to be terrific. If Quez Watkins can stay injury-free, sort of, that's a third guy he can have. He can be a slot receiver that can get open against people. That defense is going to play tough. I'm with you. I got the Philadelphia Eagles winning the NFC East. The NFC North. All right, you got Detroit, who seems to be the chic pick. Minnesota, who won 14, 13 games last year. People forget about that. The Bears trying to be in the come up. And Green Bay replacing Aaron Rodgers at quarterback with Jordan Love, who wins the NFC North. This is a tricky one. I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions because I think that team has a top three, top four offensive line, right? And their head coach, Dan Campbell, he preached physicality, imposing your will. It's something to be said, man, when you can move a man from point A to point B against his will. That's what the Detroit Lions offensive line, uh, uh, that's what they do. I like the draft pick in Jameer Gibbs. He's someone that's so dynamic as a playmaker. They have David Montgomery now in the backfield. They're going to rush the football. And Chris Jones, if he's not there week one uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs, you're going to see a lot more uh, 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 of the rushing attack from the Detroit Lions. Defensively, they brought a lot of players uh, Mm -hmm. to to help shore up that defense in free agency. Also drafting guys, I think they can be flexible and dynamic in their secondary. So I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions. But the Packers, if the Packers live up to their capabilities, they might have something to say. But today, right now, I'm going with the Detroit Lions. Yeah, they're the chic pick, and I'm going to go with you with the Detroit Lions as well, although I'm sure if Minnesota's hearing this thing, what, we won 13 games last year. What about us? What about us? But you move (laughs) on from Dalvin Cook. I still worry about your defense. Kirk Cousins is going to play good football again, and they have the best wide receiver in the National Football League when it comes to Justin Jefferson. But Aiden Hutchinson, I think he's going to make that step of left defensive end. He could be their version of Nick Bosa when it comes to the Detroit Lions, their version of potential Von Miller with the way he can rush the passer. Jack Campbell being drafted. They got fast on defense getting that kid out of Iowa. He was a Buckus Award winner last year. First team All-American. I'm with you. It's going to be the Detroit Lions year to get into the playoffs. It's not going to be easy, but they're going to be a 10-11 win team. That'll be more than enough to win that division. The NFC South. Well, we're changing the name of that. By the way, he's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us along with Pat Costello and noon our guys behind the scenes on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN2 and ESPNU. When you're going to be this bad in this division, when you got Tampa Bay, <laughs> New Orleans, Carolina, and your Atlanta Falcons, Harry, you're not the NFC South, S-O-U-T-H. You are the NFC South, S-O-U-F. You lose the last two letters when it comes to that. But this division, nine wins might be a runaway. Who you got winning it? I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons. A lot of people may tell me that I'm okay. a homer, but I like the moves. Well, looking at this team in the last two years and what Arthur Smith had to work with, trying to get out of cap hell in which the previous GM put them in, uh, they didn't get eliminated from the playoffs, I think, until one year, week 16, and another year, maybe like week 15 or 16 again. Right. And they were in the thick of things. It was a few games, if it wasn't for the quarterback position in 2022, they would have actually made the playoffs and won that division last year. They made a ton of moves. I know Desmond Ritter is their quarterback, and there's a lot of questions there if he's the guy. I believe he's going to be okay, but they surrounded him with talent. 
Bijan Robinson, they drafted him in the first round. Mm-hmm. You have a guy in Tyler Agier who rushed for 1,000 yards as a rookie last season, Cordero Patterson. So the flexibility at the running back position, and then you have the unicorn in Kyle Pitts, and you have Drake London at the wide receiver position, Jonu Smith, another tight end. This offense was a top-five rushing attack last season, so that offensive line is intact. But what they brought over defensively, guys that can rush the passer now, also you know, trying to sure up their secondary mode more. That was the two deficiencies on their defense, the lack of pass rush and not being able to defend the pass. I think they got better in those categories, so that's why I'm choosing them. I'm choosing the Saints because Derek Carr is their quarterback. I know Alvin Kamara suspended the beginning of the year, but he'll be back by week four, week five. That defense is going to be terrific. Everybody has a lot to prove. I think the Saints will win this division. Michael Thomas coming back as well. Can't guard Mike is going to be in full effect. I got the Saints winning the NFC SOUF South. NFC West. Come on. This is it. This is easy for me. I'm yeah, going me to San too. Francisco 49ers. Um, not just because Brock Purdy, I think he's going to be okay for that team, but the surroundings. Yeah, I'm with you. But I will say this, that Seattle Seahawks team, they gave Ooh. the holy you-know-what in that playoff game. They didn't back away. They didn't yep. back down. They gave San Francisco more than a little bit before they finally got overrun. Purdy's going to be Purdy. Brock Purdy. He's going to be just fine. But they got to fail safe in Sam Donald. I thought I would never say that as Sam Donald could help save a season, but that could be the case <laughs> in San Francisco. They'll fail the whole Nick Bosa contract situation. They get hard grades in Philadelphia. They are definitely clearly the best in the NFC West. But I think Seattle's going to make the playoffs again. I think that team is going to be really good under Pete Carroll. Geno Smith won't throw 30 touchdowns, but he's going to come close to it. Two teams out of that division, I think, will go to the playoffs out of the NFC West when it's all said and done. We are six days away from the NFL getting started next week with Kansas City and Detroit kicking off that big weekend starting on Thursday. So we gave out division winners in the NFC. We're going to flip it to the AFC. Are there any such things as realistic expectations for Aaron Rodgers as a New York Jets quarterback? That's next on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is ESPN Radio. If people can only see Pat Costello doing whatever he's doing to this song, it is magnificent and frightening at the same time. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. A little Freddie and Harry for you this morning, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, as well as the ESPN app. Series so XM Channel 80 and ESPNU. We got NFL questions, which means that we need the answer man, Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, who has all the answers you want and you need. Hit him on social media on the X at Jeff Darlington. Jeff, we're going to start the New York Jets because that seems to be the story in the NFL glory with the NFL season six days away. If I throw the question at you, what are realistic expectations of Aaron Rodgers this season, his first season as a New York Jets quarterback, what is your answer? Ooh, I mean, a solid playoff run is the minimum, right? You don't do plug-and-play at quarterback. Like, you don't say, we have everything but the quarterback and we're going to get the Hall of Famer if you're not ready for a deep run. 
I'm not one of these people who necessarily says like Super Bowl or bust, right. but things can go crazy for a really talented team. Um, you know, it's, that's the best part about the game. But um, so, you know, if they lose a close game in the AFC Championship game, was the season a failure? No. But um, but no, the expectations are are deservedly high, deservedly high. When you look at a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who's accomplished so much in his career, winning the MVP award four times, uh, most recently, you know, doing it back to back, throwing 85 touchdowns to nine interceptions, taking care of the football throughout his career, winning the Super Bowl. I was on the bad end of that, having a number one seed in 2010 with the Falcons and Green Bay Packers squeaking into the playoffs and then throttling everyone that they <laughs> they went to on winning that Super Bowl ring. Uh, does he have anything left to prove in his career? Uh, you know, I, I was we're, we're talking about that on Get Up today, and um, one of the producers asked me that yesterday. I, mm. I don't. I, when it comes to like, I I get it. Does he have something to prove in terms of legacy? Perhaps, but if if Aaron Rodgers rides off into the sunset tomorrow, and like him or not, like you know, he's got his fans and he's got his detractors, but like. He's won a Super Bowl. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback, and he's made a boatload of money. He has nothing left to necessarily prove in that regard. Uh, there's a lot of NFL quarterbacks who have a lot more to prove as they enter this season. Right. But I think that uh, from a legacy standpoint, if he's trying to, I guess, move up the chart of all-time greats, yeah, there's more left to do, but I don't know that there's more left to prove. Jeff Dalton, ESPN NFL reporter, joining Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas this morning on ESPN Radio and ESPNU. When it comes to having something to prove, people always want to throw that at Dak Prescott. That's not going to stop until he has a deep yeah, playoff run because go. of the Super Bowl. But the Cowboys traded for Trey Lance. To me, this was an ego move by Jerry Jones for whatever ego move that Jerry Jones can pull when it comes to that. If I say it's a good or bad thing, the Cowboys traded for Trey Lance, and why, why not? What is your answer, Jeff? I kind of I, I I don't know why I feel this way because it feels too rational, but <laughs> but like I don't mind it. Jerry Jones earlier this offseason before the draft was talking about how they need to draft a quarterback this year. They need a developmental guy. They want to continue to do what a lot of NFL teams subscribe to. Um, they didn't end up drafting a guy, so instead they use a fourth round pick. If they had used a fourth round pick on a quarterback in this year's draft. I don't think that anybody would have flinched on it. But because it's a guy who was a former high draft pick that the 49ers gave up so much for, everybody's kind of a, a little bit more, you know, freaking out a little bit more. I, I, I view this as like there was – it's, it's worth the flyer if you need a developmental quarterback anyway. Uh, so I don't mind it. I don't think that this pushes Dak Prescott at all. If that's the reason they did it, that's crazy. Kyle Shanahan, who I think knows quarterbacks better than anybody, didn't believe Trey Lance was better than Sam Darnold or Brock Purdy after spent, after being more incentivized than anybody on the planet to make that work. So to me, it's like I don't I don't mind it. I I don't, but I also understand like Jerry's got to understand what that's going to do for the locker room. He's got to understand that if he does take Trey Lance, it is going to be a massive conversation. So I guess that would be my only pushback. Yeah, Jeff, and I think, you know, from my perspective, uh, I, I said on a ton of shows this week that the last thing that Dak should be worried about right now mm -hmm. is Trey Lance, who's the third-string quarterback on their team, 
right? I think his focus needs to be. Do you think he is, though? I mean, do you, or, or do you think he should be, or do you, are you saying he shouldn't even? No, like, he shouldn't be worrying about that. Like, especially when you're coming off a season in which, you know, you played 12 games and had 15 interceptions and then it ended the way it did in the playoffs. I'm not worried about Trey Lance. Exactly, I'm, that's I'm, exactly right. Yeah. I'm worried about going out there and being the There's best so that I can. Yeah. Exactly, to lead my team to a deep playoff run. And if I handle my business, all this Trey Lance situation, this talk that's going on in the no media, is going to diminish anyway. I mean, I guess it's I guess it's a product of, of of the scrutiny that we're talking about that he's got to face. It's like a byproduct of that. But like, dude, Ryan Tannehill the past two years has watched his team take first round quarterbacks every each of those two years. Like literally, they've moved on from Ryan each of the first two years, mm-hmm. and he has fended that off. I'm not saying. It's the same situation. It's just a different market. And everybody might say, oh, whatever, who cares? Like, that's not the same thing. It kind of is. It's just a different team. It's, it, it's like we would not flinch at this if it was any other organization in the league. But because it's Dak, because it's Jerry, because it's the Cowboys, that's why we're talking about it. And maybe that's rightfully so. I just, like you, I don't, first of all, I don't think Trey Lance is a threat to Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. I think that's disrespectful to what Prescott has done so far in Dallas. But I also don't think that he should be worried about it at all. Because uh, they, 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 they want to make the quarterback room better, and that's why uh, Trey Lance is <laughs> part of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> and, and where's that's my, like one of the great cliches in yeah, sports. Yeah, where's my Johnny Walker Blue when um, it comes to the Cowboys? He's Jeff Johnson, ESPN <laughs> NFL reporter, joining Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas this morning on ESPN Radio. If I ask Jeff Johnson to fill in this sentence, Jalen Hurts being ranked the second-best quarterback according to ESPN.com is, how do you fill in that blank? I don't know who ESPN.com is talking to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Elaborate, please. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> hey, man, the TV side pays me. That's true. Facts. <laughs> no, man, I'm, I'm just playing. I, I, don't, I don't think that Jalen – I mean, he had a great year. He deserves every heap of praise uh, that he's getting. He is – obviously on the cusp of being a great quarterback and has worked for that and deservedly so. I just think that Joe Burrow is still better. I think Josh Allen, we, I, for some reason, we've already started to push him aside. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just, I mean, if we did this exercise one year ago, I get it, a year changes things, but I think you have to have more of a body of work too. And, and I'm not saying Joe Burrow even has that big of a body of work, but He's had two pretty awesome seasons back to back that you know are easily compa- comparable to Jalen Hurts' one season. So to me, those guys are still better. Now, I'll stop it there. I mean, I could make a case for other guys, but I'll, I'll say he's at at the very least he's fourth. And on top of Joe Burrow, he's three and one versus the best football player in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, the, and Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's another nugget. So I want to get on a, a a young quarterback for the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields. In your opinion, how likely uh, is it? Do you think that he's going to take that next leap? I personally think he is, but I want to know what Jeff Darlington thinks. Yeah, I mean, like I, I want to think he is. I feel like he mostly is. The one concern that I would, if we're, if we're going to play both sides of this, my concern, like we talk about, speaking of Jalen Hurts, we talk about like the leap that he made in year three that we're expecting to see out of Justin Fields, and the reason that he did that was because he stopped running as much and and, and became a real true passing quarterback. 
and that's what people talk about with Justin Fields, right? I I don't know that we've seen that yet. Uh, like this uh, this preseason, people are saying, oh, well, you don't see the whole offense because Justin Fields isn't going to run the ball as much in the preseason. So that's why they probably look a little sluggish. Well, right. that's the point, though. He shouldn't be running the ball as much. Jalen Hurts last preseason was awesome. Like you knew last preseason, it was like, and I, I'm not trying to put too much on preseason, but it was like, oh, this is Jalen Hurts as a pocket passer, and he's really good at it. I don't know that we've seen that this preseason to say that it's obvious. Like, if you're going to say out of one side of your mouth, like, well, Justin Fields will look better in the regular season because that's when he can run the ball, then to me, you can't say out of the other side of the mouth that, well, Justin Fields is going to be better this year because he's not going to run the ball as much. Well, Jeff, let me say this. I think I think we can use a better comparison because when you look in the same division and the questions a lot of people had about Jordan Love becoming the quarterback and some of the things that we have been able to see in preseason that has made a lot of people comfortable about Jordan Love, right? I, I think you can yeah. use those two guys as examples yeah. versus each other, like what we've seen from Love in preseason versus what we've seen from Justin Fields. Yeah, but my thing about – yeah, true – my thing about Jordan Love on that side of things is like he should look good in the preseason. He yes. just had three years to practice. Yeah. <laughs> like, True. I mean, he's had point. three years to not be a starter behind a Hall of Fame quarterback in this same offensive system. But like Justin Fields wishes that he could have that kind of opportunity, right? But, True. Uh, you know, so to me, you know, Jordan Love should look like that. For me, Justin Fields is already trying to beat some demons up because he has had so much experience already in the past two years. No doubt about that. Hey, Jeff, always appreciate it, my man. Have a great weekend, and tell your dad to keep being strong, okay? Yeah, man. <laughs> my dad can kick my ass. <laughs> yeah. your, your dad can get a lot of A around here in this country, man. Believe that. Thanks a lot, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff Johnson, ESPN NFL reporter who gets paid by ESPN TV, not ESPN.com. Joining Freddie Cohen and Harry Douglas. You can join us anytime you want on the exit. HDouglas83, that's Harry's handle. My handle at Coleman ESPN. Don't forget the phone number as well at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Is there really a simple answer to this question? What in the name of Bill Belichick are the New England Patriots doing? This is ESPN Radio and ESPNU. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is ESPN Radio. We got two questions right now. You got a little Freddie and Harry in the morning. Freddie Coleman, that's me. Harry Douglas, that's him. Presented by Progressive Insurance and ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80, and ESPNU. We'll get the Patriots question in a second. 
But Harry Douglas, I want to know who asked you about your candle and what kind of fragrance you have. I'm putting two questions in one right now. Okay, we have on Twitter. Uh-huh. Uh, or X or Y or Z or whatever. Marker World. Okay. Mr. Undesirable Picks and Opinions. He my asked candle. me, where were my candles? So, I, you know, yep. we're right here. The okay. Q Company, they sent me these candles. Uh, phenomenal company. Candles smell good. Right. This 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 fragrance, uh, fragrance is um, Wild Honeysuckle. Ooh, I can smell through the. I can smell through the camera right now. It smells good. It does. Like really, really good. Fact, I am a candle person. For those of you, you who are, are, you know, joining right now, like I have probably over a hundred candles in my house. Really? I I travel everywhere. I travel. I travel at least two or three candles. Okay. I light them in hotel rooms. Yes, I'm not supposed to do that, uh, and I'm going to say it anyway because I'm going to keep going to continue to do it. But I need my room to smell Lawbreaker, good. I have, my Scott nephew. Law. My nephew just walked out of the house to go to go to school. Right. Right. And uh, the, the last thing I asked him, because I have him on candles now, hey, did you blow that candle out in your room? Uh-huh. Because he'll leave them on. Oh, no. He'll leave them on. <laughs> At Casa de Douglas, can't be having that. <laughs> you can't have people just all of a sudden forgetting to do stuff. <laughs> Rules, understand. You got to make sure you blow out the candle before you leave oh, the premises. Can I, can I tell you a little story about that? Have really at quick? it. Go ahead. So <laughs> this this spring, uh, well, early, it was still early uh, winter, right? Yeah. Um, I wasn't here. I was actually in New York doing shows. My grandmother, you know, with your fireplace, you got to, you know, open the little vent thing so, the, so the smoke can go so up. So the smoke go up. And then it, it, My it grandma stay down. forgot yeah. to do that. Oh, I said, Grandma, why are you lighting the fireplace anyway? Yeah. She, man, almost burnt my house down, the fire department. Everybody really? had to come to my house. I look on my cameras. I'm like, what is going on in my house? Uh-huh. She almost left out of your house? Oh, man. Grandma almost burnt it down. I still love her, though. That's my girl. Okay. Well, you can't unlove her. Because of something like that, you yeah, you, know, you got those certain things that people do that you got to override. That's you know, I still love them. I can't punish them. I can't really be mad at them forever, even though they fam. You know, especially your grandma. The worst fam. part about it is that I I, I was in Bristol because oh, I I remember I was meeting with Amy Volsky and, and Tom Luganbill and all of them at the mm. at the time that it happened. Okay, because in the meeting I couldn't really concentrate on our meeting that we were having. Yeah, you kind of worried so, about exactly things. <laughs> But we still love Grandma Douglas, let's put it that way, even though things almost went that other way. So we answered that question when it comes to what kind of candle Harry had. We got a great story out of that. The story of the New England page in this question, I don't know how this is going to end. Here we are in week, in year three, A.B., after Brady. Yep. And they cut both of their quarterbacks. They put them on waivers. Then they re-signed the quarterbacks to back us, Bailey Zappi and also Malik Cunningham. But then they get Matt Corral off of waivers after he was cut by the Carolina Panthers. And, oh, by the way, Mac Jones, we don't know what that's going to look like, even though Bill O'Brien is there, and that's a lot better than having Matt Patricia and Joe just calling plays last year, whatever they were doing as offense coordinators. So I just have one simple question, Harry. You play in the NFL. Maybe you can bring some clarity to this more than I can. What are the Patriots doing year three ATB after Tom Brady? Um. Well, first they're going to – When you start the question with, um, that's uh, going to be good. <laughs> They're going to try to see first what, what Mac Jones is made of with Bill O'Brien. We already got a glimpse. We got the 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 semi-good and we got the bad, right? right? It's rookie season. Um, he was a guy that I thought played well last year without a guy that he could relate to in that quarterback room without a Bill O'Brien, a guy that speaks the same language as him. As him. We've seen how disastrous it, it could be. Now he has Bill O'Brien, a guy that – is trusted not only as a head coach but as a play call, caller and has the pedigree um, not just across the National Football League but also college football. And I think that's going to be very beneficial 
for Mac Jones. Now, the offense isn't going to be tweaked much. We got to remember, Bill O'Brien came into the National Football League under Josh McDaniels. So that offensive system is not going to be tweaked you know, too much. Mm-hmm. What I do think they're going to get back to, to doing, though, is rushing the football way more effective and relying on their tight ends and Juju Smith-Schuster in the slot. Okay. Right, I think they're going to get back to that. You know, throwing the football up the seams, you know, play action. Um, but like as we as we came in, Dan Orlovsky pointed something out. They got to be able to protect. They gave up forty one sacks between the three quarterbacks last season. Right, that's not good. No. We also seen a team, uh, especially offensively, that wasn't disciplined. Right, and they also lack speed on the perimeter. So I believe that Mac Jones is going to be better than he was in two thousand and twenty two. I do believe that because I think Bill O'Brien is going to make that much of a difference. It's all about, though, what's his ceiling? And I don't think I really know his ceiling, or is it extravagant as we see these other young quarterbacks? Right. I don't believe it is either, though, when it comes to Mac Jones. Here's something to that, because that Patriot way looked a lot better than a guy wearing number 12. That guy that was wearing number 12 for all those years – he was able to help the Pages overcome a lot of misses and a lot of sins when it came to drafting guys, free agency, whatever that was. He always, always had their back. There was a reason why they were a feared team the minute he got that rolling in New England. Bill Belichick, in my opinion right now, is still trying to figure how can we be a feared team again because any mistake we make, we don't have number 12 to back us up. Yep. And we don't know if we trust Mac Jones at least right now that if we make, if we have a miss – if we make a, if we have a miss on something else or somebody else, is he quarterback enough? Is he leader enough that he can do that? That's a big reason why I believe they brought Bill O'Brien. Yeah, you got to, you had to clean up the play calling because that was a dirty mess last year involving that team. But you needed somebody that can say, okay, he knows exactly how we can make this happen while quarterback can get confidence, and then the team can have confidence in the quarterback. The team can't do that if they know the head coach does not believe in the quarterback. And clearly, the first couple of years, year one, you got to give him a pass on that. Rookie season, trying to magnify things. They won 10 games, got the breaks beaten off in the playoffs, but you got to the playoffs. Last year was just discord all over the place, the Patriots. Bill O'Brien, to me, was brought in to say, here's how we can kind of smooth things out. This way, everybody can feel confident in the quarterback and still believe the Patriot way can still work in modern football and modern times in the NFL. Well, I'm going to explain why, you know, the offensive coordinator is so important, right? A lot of people think they can call plays, but it doesn't work like that. You talk about a rhythm that you have to put not only your quarterback in, but you're trying to figure out how to get your playmaker the ball a lot of different ways. The feel of the game, right? Let's just say you're not able to protect. Okay, do we need to go up-tempo? Do we need to go no-huddle? Do we need to go to our two-minute offense to get a spark? Right? The ball's on the right hash, but Mac Jones likes this play on the left hash. Right? All these things are in the head of an offensive play caller. And then when you have that inexperience that they had last year, it's going to be a disaster. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why Bill O'Brien is so important for not only Mac Jones, but this offense for the Patriots to try to get some continuity and – as I like to say a phrase, one band, one sound. It right. wasn't that a year ago. Yeah, yeah, that drum line, there was not a good beat for the New England Patriots. They're hoping that it's going to be a lot better music in 2023. The music that is college football. What are you most excited about this weekend? That's next with Freddie and Harry. This is ESPN Radio. More next.